It is hitting season. Hey there, podcast pals. I am John Stolness from The Good Fight and Billy Penn. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. Coming up, we're going to preview this upcoming series against the Nationals this weekend. And of course, that big Sunday night game that they're going to play in Williamsport at the Little League World Series. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think the Phillies are going to kill those kids um, when they get them on the field. I just don't think it's a fair matchup, you know, for to have little children play against big leaguers. But, you know, what are you going to do? Um, we'll take an in-depth look at the wild card race, which of these teams is actually going to get in other than the Phillies, of course. And um, we'll talk a little bit about the Phillies' top pitching prospects. It's been a bit of a week for Mick Abel and Griff McGarry. And um, we'll talk about where things we, where we think things stand with those guys. And we'll do all that coming up here on this edition of Hit and Season. Uh, I'm, of course, filling in for Justin. Justin normally does the Friday edition of the podcast. And uh, Liz Rocher, who is always a part of the Friday podcast, is here. Uh, she is, of course, the brilliant sports writer from Yahoo Sports. And you follow her on Twitter, but not on TweetDeck anymore. But you follow her on Twitter, at Liz Rocher. Liz, <laughs> the internet is falling apart. They took TweetDeck away. I don't. I mean, I, I, some people I think are being uh, gifted a, I have a, I'm able to access X pro. I'm sure once this gets published in the world, I won't, but like, it looks like it's just like an accident of some kind. So like now I'm faced with, all right, well, do I, ha-, you know, the nature of my job is pretty difficult um, without tweet decks. And now I'm thinking, Same here. do I want to pay mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. horrible goblin man, uh, yeah, that much any money really uh, for this product, and uh, this is this is my this is my Waterloo. It's my Sophie's choice. Yeah, <laughs> I hate this. I hate it. I may have to because I use it. I, it's vital for for what I do. Like you Me know, too. we we're we're in the media business. We need to be kept up on everything that's happening as it's happening. And the best way to get breaking news in this world, whether it's sports or news or whatever, is to follow all the reporters, to follow all the news outlets. And when you've got TweetDeck, everything's coming in at one time, so you can set you can curate your Twitter feed in a way that you just can't do without TweetDeck. And I had mine all set up, Liz. I mean, I had like six rows and everything's coming in. It's all organized. It was beautiful. And I, it just, yeah, I don't know how, I, I might I might need to do it. I don't want well, to, but I might need to do it. Well, and what's worse is that the new tweet deck is worse. The, it's yes, the, it is. X, X Pro, whatever it is, is definitely worse. Lots well, and you lots can worse. You can use the legacy one. Like once you pay for this thing, you can look for the legacy version of X Pro, which is the older version, which I agree with you is 100% <gasps> oh, really? Better. Oh, yes. that might, that's... That might be it. I might have yeah. to. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm gonna. This is a personal apology. If I do it, I'll never admit it, and I will hide yeah. my check mark, and no one will ever know. Can you hide the check mark? Because I, I would hide that, it. Yeah, I think that's what they they the company actually gave people an option to hide the fact that they subscribe to their pro tier because everyone hates everyone hates Twitter and Elon Musk so much. That's, yeah, that's it's amusing. A, what a weird place. What a world. What a weird world we are living in right what, now, Elizabeth. So much has happened in the past calendar year. <laughs> it really say is that again. like the, last year at this time, it was all the, um, you know, will he buy it? They're in a big legal tussle that was resolved in like October. And ever since then, everything has been crap. Crap. Yeah, it, 
Yeah, it's just a shame. And I, I realize the company was losing money, but this ain't the way. This ain't the way, man. This ain't the way to to try and get back on on the right side of the financial ledger, as far as all that's concerned. Um, anyway, that's that's uh, that's the struggle for Liz and I, who work in the media and uh, live on Twitter. And I imagine for some of you who uh, who listen to this podcast, you are something like that. So uh, if you see if if you see a little check mark next to our names, that's what that's all about. But um, in the here and now, Liz, uh, we have an episode of uh, Hitting Season to discuss. We've got a baseball team to talk about. Um, I mentioned it on the last podcast that I thought it was really vital that they win that last game against the Blue Jays on Wednesday. A four, carrying a four-game losing streak into this weekend series against the Washington Nationals would have been a real, real bummer. And just winning that one game and avoiding the four-game losing streak gets the Phillies two games up on the Giants for the top spot in the wild card instead of being tied with the Giants for the top spot in the wild card. And it puts them three and a half games up on the Cubs, who now hold that third wildcard spot by a hundredth of a percentage point over the, the Reds and the Marlins. I mean, that was a big win on Wednesday, and it, it I think it makes a big difference coming into this series against the Nationals. The Phillies never want to be in a position where they have to go to Washington to get back on track. That's yeah. just not something that they've ever been able to do. And now, doesn't matter what the team is doing now, it... it it would be the same type of, um, it's just the same narrative, the same history. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want them to have to depend on a trip to Nats Park to, you know, fix this four-game losing streak or whatever. Coming into yeah. Nationals Park with a win is massive. It really is. Now, they, they're they if they lose, it's not, it's not like, oh, my God, we have a yeah. five-game losing streak. It, at least there's a, a bit of a bright spot behind them because they, they fought hard and played well. In that, yeah, in that second game, I was... Against a good pitcher. Yeah, I mean, my husband and I watched the first few innings of that game, and it looked like it was going downhill. And as we we say to each other, all right, we're going to we're gonna watch the game on our phones and put something else on the TV because we're humans and we deserve to be happy. So, <laughs> you know, and, you know, we'll keep track of the game. And when we saw that they were, you know, making a comeback, we're like, wow. And we flipped it back on. And they, as <laughs> the Phillies did not immediately start losing, which is what we were afraid of, but mm-hmm. <laughs> they kept winning. It was, um, it was exciting to see them do that, uh, especially since it did not look like it was going to happen that way in the early innings. Yeah, no, it didn't. It was not looking good, but um, uh, they did. The offense kept adding on, and they got a gift error by the Blue Jays. And I, I, I still think I said it before. I think the key at bat in that game was actually the Castellanos RBI double uh, with the runners on first and second and, and two outs. They, they, when they're not going well, Castellanos doesn't come through in that spot, and it's another offer with a runner in scoring position. But that actually got them back to within four to three, and that allowed Stott to come up and hit the ball, and uh, the third baseman made the error, and the Phillies added on from there so credit to them for adding on as well and Bryce Harper's power surge appears to be back Liz with his first two home run game of the season he's the he's the wild card down the stretch here if Bryce Harper can put the team on his back like he's done before he has more support around him right now than he's ever had before specifically with the younger players and if he can figure out a way to kind of ride this, take this, take this momentum, ride this wave through the last six, seven weeks of the season, the last quarter of the season. That could be a, that could be huge for this team. I really think maybe we're starting to see Harper's power really, really come back. And maybe we're going to have one of those really special runs from him. He had his surgery in November, right? That's right. Yeah. All right. So now we are at the nine month mark post-surgery. 
This is exactly where he's supposed to be. <laughs> Let's true. just not forget. Like, hitters are different than pitchers, which is why um, Harper was able to come back earlier. But there's a reason why pitchers lose a year. Yeah. Because the, they need the strength, the flexibility, and um, all of that to be connected when they throw. And being able to swing a bat well and connect, I mean, Harper had enough strength in his um, in his arm to do that. But it just didn't seem he had like he had the power. And now, right on schedule, his power's coming back like in a big way. Those weren't those were you know ticky tack home runs. Those were those oh, were no. big boy home runs. Yeah, you know those were Bryce Harper home runs. So <laughs> right, yeah, this is like a really this is a great development because this is this is what you want to see. Yeah. right now yeah. you need we need his power to come back. Uh, and that's that's what's happening. It's it's delightful and joyful. And just by looking at a calendar, we could have saved ourselves all of this agita. <laughs> and I, if I recall, we tried, but you we know. tried. Yeah, I, the we man, tried. the man forced himself back from uh from Tommy John surgery in six months. All we're gonna do is watch him like a hawk. And and when he's slotted in as the cleanup hitter, you know it's. Yeah and you don't get that production, you understand why you're not getting that production, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you miss it and you need it. Mm -hmm. And so that was the tricky situation the Phillies were in while Harper was recovering. I mean, he comes back and he's immediately in the three hole or the four hole, and you're just not getting any power from that spot in the lineup and you really needed it. I think most Phillies fans recognize that the expectations for Harper shouldn't be that he's going to all of a sudden be on a 30 home run pace for the for the course of the year. But it was still hurting the team that they were not able to have a power bat in that spot. Now it looks like Harper is getting to be that power bat again, heating up here in the month of August. And like you said, kind of right on track as as what you would expect from from a hitter who's recovering from from Tommy John surgery. And so the Phillies enter this weekend at 66 and 55. They're 11 games over 500. That is the exact same record they had last year at this time. Do you want to know what the Phillies did last year after going <laughs> do 66 this every and 55? Year. Oh man, what? Every it's the same season every year. No. <laughs> they won 6 in a row uh and went to 72 and 55 and then they lost six out of seven right mm -hmm. after that um, with the lone win in that six out of seven uh, streak, an 18 to two win over the Diamondbacks. So oh, yeah. this team's been weird for a while. You know what I mean? Like this team's been weird for a while. They had a they had a five game winning streak in early September last year, and then immediately followed that with a five game losing streak. Uh, <laughs> they had a three game winning streak and followed that up with another five game losing streak down the stretch. I mean, like it was Trying just to kill us. Is what they're we, <laughs> They're trying, and it sounds like they're trying to do the same thing again this year, Liz. And I, I think when when we talk about this team, and that's why some of us are just never really satisfied, is like, oh man, they we they took us on a roller coaster last season. Like they, you know what the Phillies are? They're like a they're like a, a sixteen year old learning how to drive a stick shift for the first time. You know that car is just jolting back and forth, and you're accelerating <laughs> to the stop sign, oh, and then you're, and then you're slamming on the brakes, and then you're accelerating to the next stop sign, and then you're and then you're hit slamming on the brakes. Like it's just that's what it feels like. You're a passenger inside some troubled youth trying to learn how to drive for the first time. Yes, I mean I. I didn't, I tried to learn how to, now I'm just thinking about learning how to drive a stick shift. I'm, <laughs> right. I was never very learned. bad I never at it. I tried to learn. I was like, nope, nope, nope don't like, need I, that skill. I, I have no desire for that skill. One of my sisters, Angela, loves driving a stick shift. She just does, she doesn't do it anymore. But like she, my mother tried to teach me. It was just a, an absolute disaster. Um, and the Phillies seem to do this to us. 
it's not like they're having the same season over and over. It's like they have the seasons are broken up into periods. And this period over and over has always been like this. Yeah. Like I talk about like this is a time of year when we're all frustrated with the Phillies and when they're all frustrated with themselves. And Mm -hmm. I I feel like we see that play out. And that's why I think in when we get to like the second week of September, everyone kicks into gear because like, oh, my God, the end is in sight. Like here, you still can't quite see the end. It is still August. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I mentioned to my husband last night when he told me that they have the same exact record now as they did last year at this time. I said to him, they just, I need them to win a few more. Just a few more than they did last year. Mm-hmm. They, they just have to, right? They have well, to do that. I would think that they have to. They have more talent than they did a year ago with the addition of, of Trey Turner, who has who has come around. And I feel pretty good about Trey Turner being Trey Turner the rest of the season. And Nick Castellanos turned his season around, and that's good news. And they have a deeper starting rotation, certainly, than they did a year ago. Even with Aaron Nola's struggles, uh, they are a deeper starting rotation. They have six guys that they're throwing out there right now, which is, which is great. And that's not going to last forever. They're going to go back to a five-man rotation at some point. And if you get anything out of Aaron Nola, if he stops throwing home run balls, he's going to be pretty effective down the stretch. So, you know, those are all big ifs. Those are all things that we need to see happen and we would like to see happen. Those are the things that need to happen if they're going to win more games than they won last year. And if they're just going to steady things out, if they're not going to ride waves so much here in 2023 in the last quarter of the season like they did last year. You don't, it's exhausting when the team takes five steps forward and then five steps back and six steps forward and four steps back. Like that's just, that's exhausting. It's, it's really a hard, it's a hard way to watch a baseball team play, but that's kind of what they've been since the start of last year. And that's one of the things I think we're hoping is that, and we're thankful that the rest of the national league wildcard teams have had even more struggles than the Phillies have had. They've, they've been, I'm going to go over some of the numbers when we talk about the field as a whole, but the Phillies are kind of lucky uh, that they uh, haven't, really had to have to fend off a, a red hot wild card challenger uh, just yet. Um, looking ahead to the series against uh, the Nationals, might surprise you all to know that since the All-Star break, the Nationals actually have a better record than the Phillies do. The Nationals are 19 and 13. That's a 594 winning percentage since the All-Star break. The Phillies are just one game behind that, 18 and 14, a 563 winning percentage. But the Nationals are playing good baseball. Now, we saw them come into Philadelphia where they just cannot win. The Nationals cannot win games at Citizens Bank Park, and they lost three out of four to the Phillies. The Phillies actually should have swept them in that series. But I feel like coming down to D.C. for this weekend series, at least for the first two games of the series, because the Phillies play in Williamsport at the Little League World Series on Sunday night. Um, but coming to uh, Washington for this series, it just – it's – um. I feel like this is a little bit, a little perilous. I mean, Nationals pitchers still aren't all that good, but the Nationals have played pretty darn good baseball. The offense is getting a lot of hits for the Nationals, and they've had some big comeback wins, uh, some some wins that are real character builders for them here over these uh, over these last few weeks. So, what's your level of nervousness uh, about facing this Nationals team who has played good baseball since the All Star break? Um, Well, the Phillies did just beat them three out of four times. So I'm going to say my nervousness is probably moderate. It's definitely not low. It could never be low when it comes to the Nationals. They've just been such a thorn in the Phillies side for so long. Or maybe it's just that I hate them really so much and always have and always will. (laughs) But uh, I think it's my my nervousness is just sort of moderate. They just beat them a ton. And while they are going going into the eye of the storm, the darkness uh, of uh, Nats Park, 
I I think they can keep that up. They did have two off days this week. That's true. <laughs> which I see is good and bad. Like I feel like when they have a chance to let momentum drop, it happens. But they've also been playing a lot and are very tired. It really looked mm-hmm. like at the end of that 17-game road trip, they were exhausted. They were yeah. just really, really tired. That last game against the Twins was like a, the perfect example of, oh my God, can we go home? I'm tired. Yeah, they just wanted to, they just wanted to go home. Can they I just, see they my just wife, wanted to stop please? <laughs> yeah, 17 games in 17 days. That was rough. And somebody noted, uh, they put up a, um, somebody on Twitter uh, put up the, a, a list of the um, starters' top FWARs in, in baseball right now. And it might surprise people to learn Zach Wheeler has the largest fan graph wins above replacement of any pitcher in baseball this year at 4.5. But the Phillies, during that stretch, faced three of the top seven pitchers in terms of of F4. Kevin Gossman, who they beat, is at 4.3. Sonny Gray, uh, who they lost to against the Twins, is at 4.0. And Pablo Lopez, uh, one of the Twins pitchers that they lost to, is at 3.6 at number seven. And so, you know, they they did face really good pitching during that stretch, but I do agree with you that I felt like when I watched them, they just looked like they kind of wanted to, you know, and it was also an emotionally exhausting homestand. You had the Trey Turner stuff going on with the fans, and he had that, remarkable three-run home run in that game where it was just, there was so much emotion cresting there. Uh, And then you had the Michael Lorenzen no-hitter with uh, Weston Wilson's home run in that game and the family being in the stands and Liam Castellanos running all over the place. I mean, it was, there there was a lot happening in that homestand and it just kind of felt like everybody was exhausted. And so I, I agree with you. I think they needed these two days off. The day off that they had on Monday didn't interrupt any kind of winning flow, you know, they'd lost two in a row. So I was, you know, it's really good that they had that. And then, you know, they, they split the series against Toronto. So it's not like they won both those games. They blew them out and now they got to, you know, they got to stop playing and, and recharge and start it up again. It, these feel like good opportunities. It's more beneficial. They got these two days, I think, than it, than it hurts their momentum in any way. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we're, the end of the season is difficult and tiring and we're all hoping that they'll be able to play more games, you know, more games after the end of the season. So these rest days are vital. You know, they'll have more. They'll have a few more as as time goes on. But like resting now, you know, winning games is important, but it needs there needs to be a a balance with also staying healthy, not being too stupid, taking care of yourself. You know, they're all major base major league baseball players. They know how to do that. It's their job to do that. But it's nice to give them the opportunity to do that <laughs> without them having to carve out time during their busy, yeah. busy days. Yeah. No doubt about it. Well, one of the things we're going to keep an eye out for here is Michael Lorenzen. Uh, he will take the mound uh, here on Friday night in Nats Park for the first time since his no-hitter against the same team that he no-hit last week. Johnny Vandermeer, come on, Michael, be the guy. Be the guy who finally joins Johnny Man- Vandermeer as the the only pitcher in baseball to throw back-to-back no-hitters. It's not <laughs> going to happen, of course. But, um, you know, it's it's um, we're going to get our first look at Lorenzen since his no-no. Um, I thought one of the things as I rewatched that game today, I, I rewatched all 27 outs of that game and he was throwing that change up that he had really never thrown before that Caleb Cottom had told taught him to throw or told him to throw again and that's you know one of the things we talked about not long after the Lorenzen no hitter was that having Caleb Cottom here on this team who he knew from his time with Cincinnati as a, as a coach over there already paid dividends here in these first couple of games I mean he had that fantastic start against the Marlins and um and then that no hitter 
it's he's an interesting guy because you know he had an ERA of, in the mid fours with the Tigers until he went to the All Star game, and then um, in his last seven starts, he has an ERA just over one. I'd be very curious to see what he's like over this over these last few weeks of the season, especially if he's figured out a new pitch. Like if this circle change that he's got does what it does against the Nationals to everyone else this year. He he's legit. He could really be an effective starter and a a brilliant move by Dave Dombrowski who just is playing chess while we're all playing sorry. <laughs> um yes, that's quite an apt way to put it. I'm I'm eager to see what Lorenzen will do. I've been a fan of his for a while. Him and um Hunter Bailey on the Reds. I always loved um for some reason. But <laughs> I <clears throat> I, I would love for him to throw a no-hitter today. He just needs to be functional. He just yeah. needs to... Like, the Phillies have a lot of what they need. They just need the guys to be just slightly... Just a little bit better than, like, the base expectations. Because the Phillies have a lot to work with here. You know, they've got a, a rotation that's been doing the work and getting things done. They have a, an offense that's actually alive. They have a bullpen that's been working out. Like, Lorenzen doesn't have to be an ace. Like, Sanchez and Walker, they don't have yeah. to be aces either. Ranger Suarez doesn't have to be an ace. They just need, we need them to eat innings, minimize damage, um, and give the Phillies a chance to win. I think that's just so overlooked in, you know, we, like, you see a pitcher go out there, he gives up a few runs, and no matter what happens at the end of the game, it looks, people are, you know, digging on that guy for not being amazingly perfect, and I get that, but... The Phillies don't need that. We're remembering 2018, <laughs> 2017, yeah. years past when they they needed, like especially 2018, my lord, where they needed perfection down the stretch. Yep. They don't need that this year. They don't need perfection. They need everyone to do their job. Yeah, well, because they're it. more talented. Yeah, exactly. And they've been getting more talented every single year mm -hmm. since Harper got here. Yep. I don't think there's been a year that, the Phillies have taken a step back. And I want everyone to keep that in mind as we roll through the rest of the season and the playoffs because it's possible that if the Phillies do make the playoffs, they will not make it to the World Series. And I want I, I, I don't want people to think that it's ultimate huge massive failure that they didn't. Right. Because the team yeah. has been getting better every single year. And we know better than anyone else anything could happen in the playoffs because none of us thought right. the Phillies would get to the to the World Series right. last year. No. Well, and we said that last year and that during the ride, like to enjoy it and to and to savor it because the Phillies could be better in 2023 and not get as far because mm -hmm. stuff happens in the playoffs. And and frankly, there are a couple other teams that are better um, that, that have gotten better as well. The Braves. I mean, goodness gracious. If you, you put the, the Braves, have their odds of winning the, the World Series, according to Fangraphs, is like 25 percent. That's insane for this time of year for, mm -hmm. for somebody to be that big a favorite. And. But in a five-game series, like so much of that goes out the window, as we saw last year. We forget the Phillies were what? They won 87 games, 86 games last year. The Braves won over 100 games. Yeah. That was a huge upset that I, I still don't think we've all wrapped our minds around how big an upset that was because the series was so easy against oh, yeah. the Braves. Like, But it was a monumental upset, and they would have to do it again here in, <laughs> won, in 2023. They won 100 games and in the process eliminated a 10-game lead the Mets had yeah. on them. I think yeah. no no one is mentioning that because the Mets have been such an out-of-sight car crash this year. Yeah. But we can't forget, the Mets gave up one of the biggest leads, mm -hmm. I think, in, in you know, MLB history. At least, you know, 
recorded as far as like the the whatever the period were in the divisions and all that. They gave up one of the biggest leads. And since it happened over a period of a few months instead of just a few weeks, <laughs> um, yeah. like it did in 2007, people noticed it less, especially since the Mets still made the playoffs. But like, and still won 100 games themselves. Still won 100. That's insane. Like, these yeah. are not real teams. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, uh, the Braves are not yeah. real, which is why I say it was so easy to beat them in the playoffs. That's right. That's right. They were a figment of our imagination. Um, and I did mention on Sunday night, the Phillies will play the third game of the series in Williamsport, uh, where they're playing the Little League World Series. The last time the Phillies played in the uh, Little League uh, Classic or whatever whatever it is they're calling this thing is uh, was in 2018, where they lost 8-2 to two to the Mets. Um, what they'll do is they'll play at this uh, place called Muncie Muncie Bank Baseball at Historic Bowman Fields, it's called. It's a 2,300-seat venue, uh, and it'll be played primarily in front of the Little League Baseball World Series players and their families, some local residents as well. So, Yay. yeah, it's such a it's a very cool event. It's great for the kids who are there uh, to meet all these different players and to see what it's like to to be a major league player. And it's one of those really neat events on the calendar. They the Major League Baseball has this. They have the Field of Dreams game. I know they used to do games like overseas and in Mexico, but I think COVID kind of knocked those off uh, off the off the waiver. And I don't know if they're going to come back or not, but. I know Bryce Harper talked this week about them wanting to do a Hall of Fame game, revamping the stadium that they have there in Cooperstown so they can play like a a weekend of big league games during the weekend of Hall of Fame inductions. And he wants he would want the Phillies to play in oh that series, Lord. which yes, which would that, be really cool. He, is he just giving away free marketing ideas? Yes. <laughs> I mean, he said that they'd been wanting to. Like, I feel like that's probably MLB and he heard about it. But like, if that's just his idea, they should take him up on that. That is a wonderful idea you know especially with all those hall of famers back and in the audience watching they could have an old timers game which i think would be really fun and cool wow mlb sucks (laughs) how did they not like how did they not figure this out the nfl has been around less time and Mm -hmm. they they have found a way to monetize everything they have a hall of fame game that is played in the preseason that they treat like an important thing and it is not this could be like a hall of fame game for mlb with the induction being during the season like this Mm -hmm. that could be such a huge draw mlb get your heads out of your butts come on well and you know what you could do too what because you know who the inductees are going to be I think probably before the schedule comes out because it happens, you know, the voting comes the year before. You could schedule teams that from which those players who are being inducted played on and and feature those teams and because most of those fans are going to be in Cooperstown anyway uh, to be there for to be there for that. And so that's just another way you could kind of, you know, tie all these different kinds of things in. But it, it is a good idea. And I, you know, baseball really is trying to find more of these things. I think the first Field of Dreams game went over really well. Um I know they they they're trying to figure out one-off things that that they can do to make uh, to make some real uh, tent you know some flagpole games uh, tentpole games during the course of the season. Didn't they they play a game in Alabama this year? At, they uh, may have. Willie I don't Mays. remember that. Yeah, I don't remember that. They might have. Maybe that's next year. Yeah, that might be next year. I don't I don't remember them playing that game. But I mean, whatever they're going to do, I, I think it's a great idea. 2024. Yeah, it's okay, not this 2024. year. Sorry, it's 2024. They're going to play at Alabama's Rickwood Field, which is uh, the former home of the Birmingham Black Barons, which is uh, the team that Willie Mays came up with. I believe it is the oldest ballpark in the country. See, that's fun. Yeah. That's fun. That's like, great stuff. And they, so good. They've incorporated the Negro Leagues into MLB, which uh, at the uh, Sabre convention in uh 
early July this year illustrated a number of like issues. Uh, Baseball Reference talked and did a panel like issues with integrating data. But that in of itself was fascinating. And Mm -hmm. like MLB bringing more attention to that is what they should do. Like there needs to be a yearly game at at Rickwood or find other Negro League fields. Just find a way to pay tribute. Like MLB is in love with its own history, but only to the extent that they want it to limit the things that they do. Like they want it to limit, like they, well, we've never done this in history. You know, they only limit it to that. Like they have one weekend a year where they pay tribute to the Hall of Famers and then they let every other team do their own thing and they have Jackie Robinson Day. Like we're, we're about to lose like the last of a generation of baseball players and we're moving into losing another. Like we need to celebrate these guys. MLB needs to make all this footage available. Do it. Sorry, I'm getting yeah. off topic. No, <laughs> Just, no, that's on topic because that's what we're talking about. Major League Baseball, kind of these showcase events that the Phillies are going to take part in on Sunday afternoon, uh, Sunday evening, and it's always great for the Phillies to take part in these events uh, when your team's on the national stage and, and getting all the eyeballs on you. So, um, and, and it should be, you know, the Nationals, again, are playing better baseball, and it might be, you know, the Phillies have just dominated this team over the course of the last three years or so. Um but uh, they've, they have been playing better, and so we'll see what happens this weekend in D.C. on Friday and Saturday, and then in Williamsport on Sunday. Phillies, you know, the schedule gets a little tougher now. Uh, they got through the really soft underbelly part of the schedule. They still, it's not hard. It's not one of the hardest schedules. I'm going to mention that here in just a second, but um, this is a series they really need to take advantage of and, and continue to move forward and, and keep those teams in the wild card race behind them. So I did want to look at the wild card race right now as we enter the weekend, uh, Liz, and we let's figure out who the three teams are going to be. Let's let's plant a flag ourselves here right now. Uh, the playoff odds entering the weekend via fan graphs for all of the National League teams vying for the wild card spot. The Phillies lead the way at 86 percent via fan graphs. Now, baseball reference has the Phillies playoff chances at 93.3 percent. I like that number better. Um, mm-hmm. The Giants are second at 64.7%. The Cubs are third at 52.2%, with the Marlins at 41.3%. Fourth, the Reds fifth at 26.7%. The Padres at 24%, tied with the Diamondbacks at 24%. couple of different reasons for that. One, if you're looking at what's happened over the last 30 games, the Cubs have been the hottest team of all of these teams with a 20-10 and 10 record, 10 games over 500 over their last 30 games. And the vibes coming off this team, Liz, are a little bit scary after that Christopher Morrell three-run home run on Thursday night where he had a walk-off three-run shot in the bottom of the ninth inning. That was electric. I do not want to play a playoff series in Chicago at Wrigley Field. I don't want any part of it, even though I think the Phillies are a way better team than that team. That those, There are vibes in Wrigley Field right now that I don't want any part of. I would like us to not forget that you see, uh, several days before I got married, four years ago, uh, my husband and I celebrated our fourth wedding anniversary yesterday. And a few days before, the uh, Phillies, uh, led by Bryce Harper, hit a walk-off home run in the ninth inning against the Cubs. Yes, they did. <clears throat> and thinking about that, I'm just not scared. The, these but that are, was in Philly. But that was in Philly. That was in Philly. But I don't care. Still, um, <laughs> in I'll admit, Wrigley is tough, but I, I feel like. The Phillies and their vibes can do anything. Really. Yeah, especially when the Phillies if, are vibing. Yep. If they make it to the playoffs and they have to face the Cubs, I have no fear. I'll say that right now. Uh, and I'll, I'll stick by it. If they get to the playoffs, they have no fear, which they showed last year. 
And I don't think they'll go back on that. They're going to put everything out there and do everything they can. And if they're going to do that, I have no fear that they'll be able to handle the Cubs at Wrigley. All right. Well, I'm glad you're confident. I, I'm a little Listen less than... Listen to I mean, me. <laughs> I would rather play the Cubs in Chicago than the Giants in San Francisco. That, oh my that God, is for yes. darn sure. See, that's the thing. The Cubs are the Cubs. The Phillies have history against the Giants. Like, yeah. When the Phillies face a, a team they have long-standing history with, even if all of the players are different, all of the managers are different, the only thing that's the same are the owners. Yeah. Uh, it still doesn't matter. That is frightening because yeah. that's history. The Cubs have a history of one World Series win and recently being a very bad team. So that's not history I'm terribly scared of. And that's fair. And I, and I think, too, we look at what the Phillies did as the number three wildcard team last year. The odds of that happening again oh. are pretty ridiculously low. Um, so the, I do think I do think it will be advantageous for the home teams in the wild card rounds moving forward. I think last year may have been uh, an anomaly, but you know we'll kind of see how it plays out. Because right now the Phillies again do have that two game lead over the Giants for the top wild card spot. And looking ahead during the last quarter of the season here at the remaining strength of schedule, the Giants and the Marlins are tied with the most difficult strength of schedule left. Their remaining opponents have a combined winning percentage of five twenty one. Uh, that is, I think. At the tied for the fifth highest winning percentage of opponents remaining. So the Giants have a really tough road ahead of them. So do the Marlins. The Marlins actually, since the All-Star break, have had a brutal stretch of games. That is why they are 10 and 20 since the All-Star break. Uh, the Diamondbacks have a 509 remaining winning percentage. That is third highest among the wildcard teams. The Phillies are fourth with a 506 winning percentage of teams remaining on their schedule. They have seven more games against the Braves, three against the Brewers, three against the Giants, three against the Marlins. But after that, the rest of them are kind of cupcakes. And that Braves series is the final weekend of the season. Hard to imagine the Braves will have anything to play for at that point, unless they're really battling the Dodgers for the top spot in the National League. Um, Pride. And then after that... That's all they've got. <laughs> These are, yeah. I, for the for the Braves, I, I strike them as a team that... That won't quit just out of pride. They they want to beat the yeah. Phillies because they're in their division and they're next. They I don't think they consider any team in all of baseball right now to be their rival. I really yeah. don't. They just have no, confidence every time they go. But I feel like it's it's definitely divisional pride. Like, oh, 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 why don't we just beat the crap out of you on your way out of the season? And and that could very well happen. You know, there's no doubt about it. But the Phillies also do play the Braves pretty tough. Um, and so the Braves don't scare me a lot, um, especially I think they have a little bit of a mental edge over the Braves after beating them in the playoffs last year. But right. um, the Brewers have a 500 remaining schedule. Uh, a winning percentage of remaining opponents is 500. The Reds at 491, the Padres 46, and the Cubs have the easiest schedule the rest of the way at 478. You could actually maybe even see the Cubs win that division, hunt yeah. down the Brewers, and actually win the Central. Uh, and then it's the Brewers who might be one of the wildcard teams. So if you had to say right now, assuming that the Phillies get the top wildcard spot or are just one of the three wildcard teams, right now, Liz, if you had to, if you had to put money on it, what are the other two teams that you think will get the remaining two wildcard spots. All right. Let me bring up those standards. I just had them open and I closed the window. All yeah. Right. I mean, it's, I, I made my picks with, with, I was on with Ellen Adair on the last podcast and I said that I thought it would be the Giants and the Marlins. I would like to rescind my Marlins pick mm -hmm. and I'll put the Cubs in as that third team because of the strength of schedule. Man, there are, it's just like it was last year. There's like one, two, three, four, 
five, you know, four teams within just a few games of each other. Um, just sitting there waiting to suck up that third spot. Um, yep. Man, that is close everywhere. Um, I'll agree with the Giants, <laughs> though it pays I me know. to say. Nobody wants that to be true, but it, yeah. And... Well, I, I mean, you could make the you you could make the argument that it shouldn't be the Giants. I mean, that five twenty one remaining strength of schedule, and they only have a game and a half lead over Chicago, Cincinnati, and Miami. Mm-hmm. There's there's I mean, we're just kind of I'm we're just assuming Giants because of kind of where they are in the standings and they they have played well, but they've got a tough road ahead of them. Yeah, they do. Um, I I really have a feeling that the the Marlins might make it. I mean, if only I'm just looking at these three teams that are all tied. It's just it's the it's Cincinnati, Miami, and then uh, the Cubs are all they're all sort of together. And then Arizona is like one game behind them. It could be any of them. I don't have a lot of faith in Arizona to pick it back up. I think Miami definitely can. And I think Cincinnati can. I think they've got they're very excited and exciting. Um, it, it Yeah, the this giant strength of schedule is definitely something to consider and I just don't think the Cubs I don't think the Cubs have the juice like they're operating yeah. it's hmm. not like when the Phillies <clears throat> excuse me are operating on good vibes because there's a lot underneath that you know there's a lot underneath that to support it you know there's Bryce Harper and Trey Turner and Zach Wheeler and bullpen guys like they've got really great talent to support those vibes the Cubs don't have that they are operating yeah. solely on vibes right now and they've got some players I think playing above where they have been all season um and maybe that's where they should be playing but i don't i don't know it seems like a really big ask for the cubs to sort of maintain this and like hold off cincinnati and miami who i think are both better teams yeah i mean i I was looking at the the cubs roster and the stats last night and the cubs offense has been very good they've got a number of players who are really playing above average offensively. Mm-hmm. But the the starting rotation is the big question for them. That they, they really don't have some they really don't have any arms that you're scared of in the in the starting rotation. And I think <laughs> let me Adam. Let the yeah. Phillies have their turn against these yeah. starting pitchers because I feel like in the playoffs they're just gonna murder them. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, and, and I think really as we move forward we think about this baseball team, how how dialed in Will they be like the Phillies? How, how did they? You hope that they they learned something from the intensity level of needing to make the playoffs last year, and then that playoff run that they will just be a little bit more able to kind of dial things in and and just kind of zero in on what they need to do to hit the gas and get the job done. Especially when you're talking about teams like the Reds and the Cubs, who are probably a year ahead of schedule right now, for sure. I think the Marlins are probably a year ahead of schedule, but the Phillies are not. The Giants are not, you know, like the Giants, they have a mix of like veteran players. And you still, I I would still have trouble naming five players on the Giants right now. You know, it's just, they, they have like a mix of weirdness going on there. So there's the Phillies, I think, are clearly better than the other teams behind them, just in terms of their roster and their star potential and what they did last year. But um, it's it's going to be a wild race down down the down the stretch here. And you know, I I think I don't know. It's a it's a really is a total crapshoot right now as far as what who these other two teams are going to be uh, to finish things up here. I don't know who most of these players are on the Giants on the Giants yeah. roster. I'm looking at it right now. I'm like. I don't know who Lamonte Wade Jr. is. He sounds like fun. 
uh, Thero Estrada. <laughs> like Brandon Crawford, I know. J.D. Davis, I know. But like there's Michael Conforto and Jock Peterson. I thought they were both out of the league. But <laughs> obviously no. they're not. They're just with that. Like what is how are they doing so well? Yeah, I don't know. And the Phillies are going to play the Giants coming up here uh, in the next few days. Uh, the gross. Phillies. <laughs> yeah, they're going to face uh, they're probably going to face Logan Webb um this uh this week uh this coming week actually. The Giants will be coming uh back to Citizens uh well, coming to Citizens Bank Park for the first time this year uh on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. So that is I'm mean, a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, pardon me. That's going to be a, that's a monster series for this team and they can really do some damage and really put some distance between themselves and the Giants um after that. So uh get through this national series and then you've got the Giants waiting for you on the other side in a huge maybe the series of the week in baseball when you when you're talking about like these two these two teams battling it out for the top spot uh in the wild card um all right liz uh, last thing before we wrap up here there were a couple of moments from this week in philly's history that i just wanted to run by everybody um and i read about this one when i was a kid back in 1957 did you know that richie ashburn hit the same elderly woman with two foul balls in the same at bat. I did not know that, but it's not hard to believe. No, he was a really, he was a wizard with the bat. Uh, the first foul ball that he hit broke Alice Roth's nose. Oh, wow. And then as she was being removed from the stands <laughs> no. on a stretcher, the, a second foul ball hit her while she was being removed from the stands on a stretcher. That's... <laughs> That's baseball for you. That's beautiful. I, I, like God I rest her. I hope she she was fine. Um, but <laughs> yeah, she didn't kill. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I think that was probably Alice Roth's. Uh, I wonder if she ever went to another baseball game after that. But I remember reading that in one of those you know fun little baseball blooper books when I was a kid. I'm like, how how in the world? How in the world is that possible? Rich Richie Ashburn, man, he could he could put the ball where he wanted it. Well, so I think I he should have been charged with a crime. Liz. He was that good with the bat. Well it was the pitcher too. A pitcher throws the same pitch in the same place. Ashburn takes the same swing, which he's trained to take. You know, he fouls off a ball that you thought was a good pitch. He's gonna throw the same pitch again. He's going to make the same swing. It's going to land in the same place, which is why I'm not necessarily like surprised, but it is incredible that it doesn't happen more often to me, considering the mechanics of baseball and the routines of baseball. That's yeah. that's incredible. And there should be a, a did this happen at, at in Philly or I think it did. But okay. I'm not there sure. Should I'm not, be I don't, a I don't day remember to celebrate this, <laughs> not celebrate, but to commemorate it. You know, like there the, should be again, this is the type of stuff that baseball is missing. There's so many games in a year. It's not like it's not like the NFL where you have to have one week every year. It's all salute to service. And this week is breast mm -hmm. cancer week. Like there are 162 games you can honor and do so many interesting things and it could be cool. And you don't just have to do it in like the in the promotions and the, the gifts at the ballpark. You know, right. baseball's full of so many interesting stats and you could create a, a day and a celebration around anything. You know, this should be also be a, an all-star game skills competition. Yeah. You know, you should you should have random people or cardboard cutouts in the stands and and players have to try and hit foul balls and hit them. I, I think this is this is something that Major League Baseball needs to take advantage of. It'll be um, probably 20, 30 years until we get a, a commissioner that is from our age group. 
that thinks this is fun. But I think it'll happen. <laughs> we, you and I, we're, we are now in our, we're in our 40s now, and we haven't lost the fun. We haven't lost no. the fun and excitement and wonder of baseball. Can only hope that people in charge in like 10, 15 years will also be the same way. Yep. Unless our generation gets about? completely skipped over. <laughs> no doubt about it. I mean, this is if you want to be romantic about baseball, elderly woman getting hit with a foul ball. <laughs> twice in the span of two minutes i mean come on there's nothing better than that um the other thing i wanted to mention um from 1995 the phillies sent four consecutive kevins to the plate twice in a game against the giants in both the fourth and fifth innings kevin stocker made the final out and then in the following inning the phillies batters were kevin elster kevin flora and kevin jordan now i knew who kevin elster was he played for the mets for a long time Kevin Flora. No idea. There's no chance that gentleman actually existed in real life. Mm -mm. But very interesting. Uh, the Phillies sending four consecutive Kevins to the plate. That's I don't have any analysis of that. It's just it was, news you need to know. Kevin was once an incredibly popular name, guys. I guess so. Well, now we have now. Now it's nothing but Kevins in the broadcast booth, right? I mean, didn't we have like? Oh, uh, it was the carousel of Kevins. Yes, yes, that's right. It followed over. This, the Phillies cannot get away from the from the carousel of Kevin's. The Kevin, the Kevin franchise. I do exactly. have just like one or two things to share before we end. Um, Please. Last week I was um, away. I was at Saber Seminar for a few days. It's different than the Saber conventions. Saber is S A B R. That's the Society for American Baseball Research. What I went to was S A B E R. Saber Seminar is all baseball data. I was there because my husband gave a presentation on whether baseball data can be democratized. Um, and it was a fascinating weekend. I didn't understand everything that was being talked about, but if you if you are into stats, if you love stats and you want to meet other people who are so incredibly nerdy about stats that they will pay a hundred some odd dollars to spend an entire lovely Chicago weekend inside of an, a windowless auditorium listening to people talk about baseball, then Saber <laughs> Seminar is for you. It should be held next year. When it comes time, I will certainly announce it. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to mention is I have come across, I, I took some time last week and searched on um the uh, Internet Archive, archive.org, for some baseball books just to see see what was out there. And I stumbled upon a massive treasure trove of uh, baseball quote books and baseball trivia books and a few baseball mm. mysteries and whatnot. So I'm thinking about uh, bringing these to our Sunday night podcast as uh, as our uh, the offseason comes closer and closer. I feel like we'll probably need some, uh, you know, we could do like one entertaining uh, segment a week. Maybe, yeah, you know, one baseball. I like it. Yeah, like I, you could take yeah. these out real quick. You could print off some pages. Internetarchive.org is fantastic. Uh, I looked up Phillies specifically and did not find much. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just a handful well. of books. Some of the ones, some of the books that we already know. There was like an illustrated history of the Phillies, which I'm interested to check out and see what that's about and tell everyone about it. Neat. Um, one last thing for me before we get out of here, and Liz, I don't know if you saw this, but um, how how do you feel about facial recognition uh, technology, Liz? I big fan of it. No, I think it's hideous. Big, and, big and fan dystopian of dystopian, and no one should have it. Yeah, it's horrible. It's coming to Citizens Bank Park this week. No. Um, fans, yes, fans starting Monday will be enter Citizens Bank Park um, with baseball's go-ahead entry, which the Phillies are saying is now a, it's a fast, easy, hands-free way to enter the ballpark. In order to sign up for it, uh, you need to register through the MLB Ballpark app, and oh, no. registering adults includes scanning your face on the app. 
And that's because the go-ahead entry lane, which will be located at the first base gate, will have facial recognition technology set up that will allow fans to enter the park. So fans who use the lane will not have to show or manually scan their tickets for entry into Citizens Bank Park. It will just read your face. I hate that. <laughs> I would just like everyone to know the amount of swearing I'm suppressing right now is massive. So much. I, I would rather have my fingernails pulled out than sign up for that. I do not need MLB's scan in my face, keeping my face on its database, associating tickets with me. It already does that. It already does yeah, it already that does with it. everything mm -hmm. I do. All I have to do is scan my phone and wait in a line and open my purse. Like, yeah, it takes 10, 15 minutes sometimes. Yeah, are we like, really you know, in that big a hurry to get in? This is like, a, I'm going to guess this is free. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, because it's Citizens Bank Park is the first and only ballpark this season. Oh, come using on, it. John Middleton. What are we doing? <laughs> so, Can't you let the Mets do crap like this? Why do you have to experiment on your fans? Let the, a stupid owner do this. Other ballparks will be doing it next season. The Phillies plan on implementing more go-ahead entry lanes at other gates next season. I, the Phillies Nation wrote this up, so thanks to them for kind of the heads up on this. But um, yeah, it's um, no, <laughs> it's it's. I won't be participating no. in this. Uh, that's just that's my that's my. I don't even know what generation I am. Doesn't matter. But it ain't millennial, and that's just not how I'm going to roll in life. Yeah, no, I feel I, like I've, Gen X is definitely going to be on the no train. I feel like probably half of millennials might be on board. I am in the absolutely effing not. Absolutely no. not. No, no, no. No, thank you. And I'm lucky my, my family me... also is not a fan of like, they don't do Siri. They don't do Alexa. They don't do any of that. And once I tell them about this, they're going to be like, oh, God, no. I'm annoyed that you need to use an app to get into the ballpark now. Like, I just I just want my dang tickets. I want you to send me a paper ticket that I can scan. I, I don't want to have to use an app. I hate Stop that. making me use an app. I just want to go. I just give me a ticket. Just, you know, why Why are we? Why are we? Why are we? Well, why are we? Why are we? Why are we? That's that's COVID really helped in this because like a lot of places that had wanted to go cash free and paperless got the excuse with COVID. Yeah. And now they're just not bringing it back. Yeah, well, well, it's it's Ooh. not mandatory. It's not going to probably be many people starting off, but this is the wave of the future, and I just wanted to let everybody know. Dystopian surveillance you, state, stop. <laughs> if you if you would like Big Brother to scan your face as you get into Citizens Bank Park, now is your opportunity to do it. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this edition of Hit and Season. Um, I want to just remind you, of course, everyone, about our landing page at BillyPenn.com. Go to BillyPenn.com slash Hit and Season, and that's where you can find everything related to the Hit and Season podcast. And would also encourage you to check out the Hit and Season Patreon. We've got a new dirty inning up there. Uh, check it out. We've got $5 a month tiers where you can find all sorts of extra Phillies podcast content. Go to Patreon.com slash Hit and Season for all of that. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time right here on Hitting Season.